Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we continue our fantasy final series with a look at Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, whatever the hell his other weird nicknames are. It's freaking Russ, one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. And one of my worst, single worst early kind of writing career takes came from evaluating Russell Wilson. I was a little more, you know, as someone that grew up, Bill Simmons, favorite writer, I felt like I needed to try to make, you know, some absurd, uh, you know, just comparison every article. And I thought it was way too clever and funny and this and that. And in the midst of just some atrocious early life writing from myself, uh, one of the things, one of the guys I really attacked was Russell Wilson because he left a lot of things out there to be made fun of. Remember the, uh, you know, him basically implying they had this magic water that helped heal his concussions. We had the time where he throws four interceptions against the pack in the NFC title game, throws the game-winning touchdown in OT after freaking the one Packers tight end lets the onside kick bounce off his chest. And people are trying to say like, oh, Russ, you know, made the big play when it counted. It's like, I don't know, maybe he could have played a little decent the entire game and not done that. The whole thing for the first four years of Russ's career, it was hard to always separate how great is he and how great is just the rest of the Seahawks team. Because literally 2012, 2013, 2014 and 2015, the Seahawks boasted the number one ranked scoring defense. And look, again, I'm not even saying I was right at the time. I was wrong at the time. I was not, you know, it was a terrible take by me. And I'm sitting here saying that. And I've obviously come around on this a long time ago, but it's even easier to see now when we can again zoom out on what Russ has accomplished from 2012 to 2020. Since that was that stretch, we had a weird year in 2016 where Russ took a little step back, 18th ranked score offense number three ranked scoring defense for the Seahawks since then though it's been Seahawks offense over their defense every single year overall Russ has only that one time in 2016 not engineered a top 12 scoring offense last three years specifically he's gone six nine and eight while the defense have gone 11 22nd and 15th in scoring so Russell Wilson Someone that, you know, a lot of people gave flack to this past offseason when he said he considers himself a top five quarterback ever, or at least that was, you know, a, a, a quote leaked out by his agent or whoever. So, no, I'm not trying to say that. But in terms of coming into the league, I think Russell Wilson certainly holds that, uh, you know, banner as just being a top five QB during that time. And it's wild to me how his career kind of stacks up with Tom Brady a little bit because Russ, he's only had one season just like Brady where he didn't get, get he didn't win 10 games. Uh, I'm not counting Brady's, you know, 10 snap 2008 campaign or whatever it was. So, healthy seasons, they both only had one year without without winning at least 10 games. Brady's came in 2003. They won in one. Sorry, came 2002. He uh, still led the league with 28 passing touchdowns. Tells you about the times. 28 passing touchdowns leading the league. But Russ, also in his one year where he didn't get 10 wins, 2016, excuse me, 2017, he led the league in passing touchdowns with 34 on the 9-7 and seven Seahawks. So, again, even the worst version of Wilson and Brady, like the worst teams we've seen them produce, we still had anyone's idea of one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So, the question now becomes like, 
like what should we expect going into 2021 because as i've you know spelled out for you guys over the past few years these are no longer the legion of boom seahawks that just dominate with defense and also happen to have a great offense now they really need to try to win uh some shootouts because no they did not fix their defense in the second half of last year if you just look at it or kind of remember fondly them running the ball a little bit better down the stretch yeah absolutely and the defense did play better but the defense played better for a very specific reason their final six quarterbacks they faced were Dwayne Haskins Carson Wentz Jared Goff CJ Bethard Sam Darnold and Colt freaking McCoy they were 28th in points per game allowed before that stretch looking at what they've done this offseason not much and you know hell even Jamal Adams were now having issues getting him signed and I know that he's not Derwin James he's not this incredible coverage safety but this is already a defense having enough problems generating a pass rush Adams did help solve a lot of them and now if we're having questions about him being with the team long term or giving up a significant amount of the cap to enable him staying there uh, it's just not looking great on that side of the ball so the question again becomes can Russ look more like the guy that we saw in the first half of 2020 compared to the second half because as great as the defense playing better against these bad quarterbacks was, it was more so a tale of Russ. In weeks 1 through 10 last year, he was averaging 28.5 fantasy points per game. Excuse me, that was weeks 1 through, yeah, weeks 1 through 10. That was only a point off Kyler Murray's pace in that same span where Kyler was on pace to have the most fantasy points ever. The best season ever has been Lamar Jackson with 27.7 fantasy points per game in 2019. I know we can, you know, take these small splits here and there. And unlike Kyler, Russ didn't have some injury that like really forced him to play uh, the game differently last year. Just realize like we don't have too many quarterbacks in the league that we can look at in the past couple of years and say, oh, here's a two month stretch of games where they were putting up some of the biggest numbers we've ever seen from the position. We can say that with Russ again, as recently as 2020 overall in weeks one through nine, Russ had a 92.5 PFF passing grade average 8.6 yards per attempt and a 9.1 big time throw rate percentage weeks 10 through 17 73.6 pff passing grade 5.4 big time throw rate 6.4 yards per attempt as i do a lot on these uh podcasts i will reference one of my employees seth galena's excellent analysis on just some of the you know real life problems that made it an issue for us over here in fantasy land and the big issue was russ's just magnificent ability to make the most out of these unstable plays the deep balls the off script plays outside the pocket it fell off i mean he completed 11 of 37 of his passes thrown at least 20 yards downfield during his final nine games compared to 18 of 38 in weeks one through nine i mean that's almost a 18 percent drop off people in terms of what we were seeing him completion wise and then also outside the pocket 78.4 passing grade on plays outside the pocket over the first half of the season just 66.0 grade in the second half of the year making a living on these unstable plays and once you know you got to play the rams three times and brandon staley just says hey we're gonna take away your deep ball take whatever else you want underneath this offense just wasn't built to do that i mean dk metcalf spelled it out better than pretty much anyone could direct quote from metcalf we've been running deep plays ever we've been running deep pass ever since pete got there play action run the ball run the ball run the ball run the ball go deep teams just said 
we're just not going to let you all go deep. So, hey, Russell Wilson was awesome last year. The guy threw 40 touchdowns, 4,200 yards. He had 500 rushing yards, too. I mean, this was the overall fantasy QB5, QB7 in fantasy points per game. Like, yeah, he got a lot of it done in the first half. But as people, you know, want to do all the time, we have to tell them not to. We can't just remove all the guys' good games from the equation and focus solely on the bad, just like we can't do the opposite and focus solely on the good. So just realize, while it was, you know, more of a tail of two halves and a lot of QBs, the sum of 2020 was still incredibly positive for Russell Wilson as a whole. And I think there's enough optimism around, you know, Shane Waldron, some of the improvements we've seen to the Seahawks offense to feel good going into 2021. I mean, after the season, when they got rid of Brian Schottenheimer, the concern was like, holy shit, are the Seahawks about to run the ball more than like ever? Pete Carroll had this funky press conference where he was just really getting in there with the metaphors and how much they wanted to run the ball. But then we look at you know what's happened this offseason and they use their only pick inside the top three rounds on wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge and the hiring of Waldron seems to have you know at least produced a change in offense for the better this is coming from Russell Wilson talking about Shane Waldron's offense obviously the tempo part of it is something that is real we have some nuances across the board that really challenge the defense using the whole field and really expand the offense just using everybody as much as possible in all different formations and different looks and different tempos remember people kind of the key key that defense has figured out to stop this Seahawks offense last year was using Brandon Staley's two high looks from the Rams and just not letting the Seahawks consistently throw the ball over their heads downfield. Shane Waldron comes from the Rams. If anybody should have a decent idea of how to beat this sort of defense, it should be the guy that was on the damn team that invented the strategy for shutting down this offense. So I'm feeling good about that. And we also, you know, just have uh, further beat writers just talking up the situation about how Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are running shorter and more horizontal routes than they have in years. And that was also from reporter Greg Bell. So appreciate that note. And I just think overall, even though we can't assume that Waldron's going to be Sean McVay as a play caller if he's going to take key concepts from this Rams offense and apply them to Seattle I just think the ceiling is the roof we've always known Russ Metcalf Lockett like these are incredible players making the most out of these unstable plays if now we can just add in a sense of ease to the offense similar to what Stafford's getting going to LA you know, it, it could just help everybody involved so much. Since 2017, the Rams ranked first in play action rate, the Seahawks eighth. Screen rate, the Rams were seventh, the Seahawks were 31st. Shift motion rate, Rams seventh, Seahawks 11th. Targets to open or wide open receivers, Rams fourth, Seahawks 20th. Pressure rate, Rams 12th, Seahawks 30th. Not massive discrepancies except for the wide open, wide open targets, pressure rate, and screen rate. Still things that I think would feasibly make life easier for Russ and everyone involved now quickly on the pressure you know russ came out earlier this offseason and was basically like hey i've been sacked 400 times that seems like too much to me probably shouldn't be getting hit as much he has taken 188 sacks because pff is able to track this to determine who's at fault with the sacks he's taken 188 sacks since 2017 that's 15 more than the next closest quarterback but people why have they not done a better job at least trying this around him? Like, I would love to see Russ just with this great high-paid offensive line that they're starting to get to. Like, they're finally 13th in dollars spent on uh, their offensive line going to 2021. But before this past year, here were their rankings in offensive line spending. 30th, 
32nd, 26th, 26th, 25th, and 26th. So now they're up to 13th. Fingers crossed that, you know, PFF's 19th-ranked offensive line ahead of 2021 can make life easier. I know Russ is at fault with a lot of these things, but, you know, look at the quarterbacks we see taking a lot of these sacks. It's Russell Wilson. It's Deshaun Watson. It's guys that are so good at times of getting out of sacks and making things happen that, yes, we do have some bad come with that good. But I would just say, like, it's let's not pretend like Russell Wilson is just constantly losing, like, leaving yards out on the field. We're in a situation where like when the quarterback is getting pressured, like when the pressure arrives at the quarterback, they only have a few things they can do. They can take the sack and kill the play right there. They can look to throw the ball away or they can look to try to make something happen. And when you try to make something happen, like, yeah, the negative would be taking a sack or maybe you can escape the pressure, pick up some yards on the ground. Maybe you can escape the pressure and throw the ball downfield. I'm just saying the fact that Russ, he takes these sacks. Sure, those aren't good, but he has the mobility in the offseason scriptability to at least open up a positive element when pressure does come to the table like when Jared Goff gets pressured he's not taking a sack the same way Russ is because he couldn't even dream of making that defender miss in the first place it's similar to me of like when we really criticize number one shadow cornerbacks for losing these high profile matchups like no not great Russell Wilson should be taking less sacks but just realize like he, you got to be awfully good to be able to take that many sacks in the first place because you know all the big plays that come behind it. You got to believe you got to be pretty good to be the number one cornerback to earn the ability and the matchup and the assignment to line up across from the offense's number one receiver each and every snap. So we'll give Russ a little bit of break with the sacks. And honestly, people, hey, it's a fantasy football podcast. Whatever it is, whenever he's been taking sacks, whenever he hasn't, Russell Wilson has been putting up big time numbers since he came into the league in 2012. Russ has worked as the QB nine in fantasy points per game, then the QB 13, the QB three, the QB three, the QB 15, QB two, QB 12, QB five, and QB seven in 2020. And those are just, again, fantasy points per game. We only had one instance of him finishing outside the top 11 in overall points. So, you know, last year, as great as it was and how like just prolific that opening stretch was, I feel like a lot of people maybe thought we were we're seeing like the best ever version of Ross and yeah in the first eight weeks we were just realized like 2019 rookie year Metcalf you know Lockett still has some question marks if we if he could be number one guy there 2019 Russ was a higher place finisher and overall in fantasy points per game so he actually took a minor step back in terms of raw fantasy performance from 2019 to 2020 at least relative to the rest of the league and because of that I'm confident ranking Russ as my QB6 going into this year it only guys i'm taking ahead of russ patrick mahomes lamar jackson josh allen kyle murray and dak prescott I don't necessarily fault someone for looking at Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, maybe ahead of Russ, but he's in that tier, in my opinion, he's at the top of the tier because we just saw him get back to 32.1 rushing yards per game in 2020. Like Russ, again, sneakily ran for 500 plus yards last year. It was good to see him, you know, bring that tool back out of his belt after having a couple years of that, you know, rushing usage sinking down. So Russ carrying an ADP as the QB7 um, at Fantasy Football Calculator, QB6 and under dog i'm right in line with consensus and i will say people you know there's not really a more prolific stack you can make than russ lockett and metcalf no two receivers had a higher combined target share last year than metcalf and russ two pretty great guys to be able to throw the ball to here's to hoping we get to see the seahawks throw the ball to their heart's desire more than ever in 2021 and beyond 
All right, people, before we get out of here, I've got to give a quick shout out to some sponsors. First up, uh, Fantrax. Absolutely love them. Fantrax is the NFL fantasy football league manager. is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the entire industry. PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. We got all sorts of cool Fantrax features, multi-team trades, player salary and contract options, bonus points for touchdowns with different yardage, and Thank you, Fantrax. You can customize the league and get those half-breeds kickers out of there where they belong. Whichever league you're in, you can customize it exactly the way you want. If you're coming from another site, no problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues. Sign up and play now at Fantrax.com PFF. And listen, people, actually get a chance to win an autographed jersey from none other than Josh Allen, QB1 in all of our hearts. That's Fantrax.com PFF, the home of fantasy sports. Also want to give a quick shout out to Manscaped. Support for PFF is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off. Hell yeah, people. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PFF at Manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code PFF. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. That's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I believe you'll be hearing this one on a Monday. So go check out PFF.com. Have a new article up. Oh no, my voice is leaving me again. New article up looking at the DraftKings uh, early pricing. They came out on Friday, which is when I'm recording this. And I'm pumped, people, because I love DFS. If you guys have not played a bunch of it, uh, just the week-to-week nature of it and me having got my start in this industry at Fantasy Labs, uh, to me, it's just so interesting. Even when you think you know everything about the league, which we never do, but even when you think you have you know, a lot of your knowledge down in the actual football realm of things, DFS and the salaries and the discrepancies across sites, oh, Always more game theory and stuff to think of with that, particularly tournaments versus cash. And we're going to be having a special, uh, it'll probably be released on Fridays during the season, but I'm going to make sure one of these podcast episodes going into next year is going to be more focused on DFS throughout the year. You know, just nothing insane and stuff does change throughout the weekend, but I definitely think it's a fun game that people can, you know, use to compliment your redraft, your best ball, your dynasty leagues, all that. And like, who doesn't love all types of fantasy football we can find. So stay on the lookout for that. Of course, plenty of daily podcasts here. will continue to be rolling in. So I mean, hard. And until next time, take care everybody. 